when I was a kid, I didn't have cable. So when I'd stay over my buddy Jay's house across the street, he did. He didn't have a cable box, but he did have the cable that went into the back of the TV, which was a bonus, because when everyone went to bed, we'd watch the Spice Channel. Well, not unless you're watching it through the squiggles. Jay would always pass out before me, so I'd be laying down on the floor watching the Spice Channel through the squiggles with the volume down. I can remember this one time, concentrating, staring through the squiggles for about 25 minutes before I realized it was Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. I didn't have on Channel 38, I had on 36. I was watching regular pay-per-view movies. And you're listening to Stories from Central Mass Podcast, and you're probably Gen X. And if you didn't recognize the voice, it's your host, Mike. I'm back from my little visit, a.k.a. my vacation, to the in-laws' house. I had a nice little conversation with you last week, live from the poolside all by myself. Uh, that dog I told you of was a really nice German Shepherd. Oh, yes, he was a really nice good German Shepherd, but he's the size of a house. I went to go pet him, and he jumped up on me, and he scratched my belly. So now I've got like a 16-inch scratch all the way down my belly. Needless to say, it stung when I jumped in the pool. So I was back to work. I did my route for two days in my big truck. The nice thing, my uh, <clears throat> bosses got my uh, sticker for my truck while I was gone, so I didn't have to do that myself. Well, they didn't really do anything. Uh, the place we rented from came and picked it up and gave it a sticker. But uh, today is my, my my first day off since being back to work. So I had two days on. I got my Wednesday off. I had uh, plans to go with Mark and Dan and their daughters and my daughter to go to the Douglas Waterslide Park. Then I realized, oh, I have a doctor's appointment at 10.15. And when I got back to work on Monday... There was a note posted that there was a meeting on Wednesday at 9 to 11 to show us the new computer system for ordering. So I'm like, ah, great. I'm not going to be able to go to the Waterside Park. But I didn't tell them I couldn't go. I told them I'd meet them afterwards. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I get up this morning at 6.30 in the morning. My boss told me I didn't have to come to the meeting. It was something they could show me another time so I didn't get up super early because at first I was going to go in early to have them show me it anyway I just got out of bed go get my wife some coffee I'm on the road my boss sends me a text hey Mike if you're not doing anything this morning before your doctor's appointment I can show you this computer system real quick I'm like okay go get my wife a coffee come home take a shower run down there he shows me it it takes five minutes so I didn't even have to go in at that time. Meanwhile, nobody else was there. Because everybody else got back early enough for the big boss to show each person. Well, not everybody, but most everybody. Point being is that my false false flag, you know. Didn't have to be there. Didn't have to go in. But I did. I learned it. No problem. Literally five minutes. Five minutes of him showing me that. Five minutes of bullshitting about what went on at work while I was gone. I'm not going to get into that. Okay, so now I got plenty of time to kill because I don't have to go to the doctor until 10, 10 15. So I drive all the way home, talk to my wife and everything, leave about 9 30, drive down to the doctor's office. I can't find my name in the system. I only have Wednesdays off. I work 12 hour shifts three days a week and nine hour shifts on the other two days, and I have Wednesdays off, as I just said. So I get down to the doctor's office, they can't find me in the system. Ah, I'll consult my messages. When I go back to my message, it says, Tuesday the 25th. It's now Wednesday the 26th. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I read that wrong. I know for a fact I would have never picked a Tuesday at 10.15 because there's no way in hell I was on the other side of the state. There's no way I could have done it. 
So comes to find, comes comes to find out. I says to myself. I says out loud to her. She said, "Well, are you a walking today?" I'm like, "No, I'm not a walking. I just explained myself." Oh yes, that's correct. Well, the reason we had to switch it on you. I'm like, "Oh, you had to switch it on me." Yeah, we sent you a letter that said we did. I'm like, "Well, you also sent me a text, but nevertheless, uh, drink." I just said, "Nevertheless." Uh, it's unimportant because I didn't read it and I feel bad. But she says to me, oh, the doctor's no longer here on Wednesday. I'm like, well, then I can't see her. You know, because she goes home at 2 every other day of the week. And I'm not back even on my short days before 2. So I drove all the way across the city, go to a meeting at work, didn't really need to go to. Drove all the way back across the city to my house. Drove back across the city again to get to a doctor's appointment. Didn't have to go to. Oh, yes. And then the night before... I received a text from Mark of a screenshot uh, of the Douglas Waterslide Park saying, the park will be closed tomorrow due to heavy thunderstorms and flooding that happened at 4 p.m. on Tuesday. So I knew that going into all this. So all those plans, everything on my day off just consisted of me driving around. Ah, good times. I could end with that right there and just carry on a little longer. I think I will. As Polly Walnuts would say on the TV show The Sopranos, Hey, 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 I got my own problems. That's right. You don't need to hear me talk about problems. Those are everyday things that happen to everybody. It's called life. I understand that. But it's so damn nice, though. You know? I could have just gotten up this morning, knock on the doctors because I missed a doctor's appointment, not gone down to the five-minute meeting because I could have had that at any time wasn't going to the waterside park I could have called the boys earlier in the morning and rescheduled it now I knew that going into Wednesday we could have but judging from the fact that neither one of them sent me a text in regards to they just wrote ugh and oh my goodness or whatever the hell they wrote something silly just like I did it was kind of our way of saying ah another time which sucks but tomorrow's only going to be 100 degrees out or feel like it is with the heat index and humidity am I old now am I talking about the weather yeah, but I'm going to be in a truck. It's got limited AC. Yeah, it's got AC. But it's limited. You know, it just kind of... If my AC was a... Well, my AC's kind of like... Blowing on you. You know what I mean? It's not really much. So I put my hand in front of it and cool myself off. Well, we're right smack dab in the middle of the summer. Technically, still sort of at the beginning of summer, but really in the middle. It's beautiful. I love it. It goes by so damn fast. I used to think the spring and the late winter was the slowest months, but I can remember being February, and it wasn't that bad out. And even into March and April, I thought, well, let's let time slow down a little bit. I'll enjoy this. It's not bad weather. We had 60-degree weather from, like, April, May, June. Eh, Not June so much, but part of February, March, and April. And it flew by. Now it's July. And after the 4th of July, I blink and it's October. In fact, I blink and it's November. It feels like, it, it feels like Halloween just all of a sudden shows up. Kids go back to school so quick. I haven't even been on my real vacation yet. Heading down to the Cape. I think I might have said that last week. But still, it's like, wow, it fucking flies. And I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but I haven't said anything groundbreaking yet anyway. If you're looking for groundbreaking stuff, call Vincent Dockery. I'll give you his phone number. Maybe another time. So I skimmed the headlines on 
Instagram and Facebook and other websites to see what's happening in the news. And I just saw that a famous person had passed away, you know, fairly young. And you found out that the controversy that person had years ago that you disagreed with, come to find out, was actually kind of justified. And you think to yourself, well, back when I was 16 years old and that person did this thing, I thought it was terrible. And now I realize after some of the truths come out about that situation that they had every right to do it and probably should have screamed a little louder. But I dare not say who it was or what it was about because it's kind of a political opinion. It's kind of a religious opinion. And I don't want that to be what my podcast is or even my regular conversations from day to day. Whenever I talk to somebody and they tell me all their good points about their politician or their side, their political party, I'll listen. I'll hear their happy, positive tone way that they spin that side, whatever side it is. And I say to myself, but there's something else on the other side that kind of says the opposite or something a little bit different from what you're saying. And I think you're leaving some of the facts out to make your point better. What are those points? I don't know. Partially because I haven't really looked into it and partially because I'm just not... Well, I'm just not well-spoken. Yeah, sometimes I can talk on this thing and... I have a difficult time sometimes carrying on conversations with people about important things. I get the feeling of, "Mm, this is bullshit, or I don't really trust what you're saying, I don't think you have all the facts, but I don't dare call the person out on it. Because I'd have to back them up too. And when you back something up with feelings as opposed to facts, you really don't go very far with your conversation. And you start to feel it yourself before you even get that far. Now that whole conversation sounds a little wishy-washy to me. And maybe I'll erase it, maybe I'll leave it in, I don't know yet. I just don't understand when people want to argue about controversial things. And then as I say that, I'm like, well, what are you, a pussy? You can't handle it? You can't handle anything controversial? No, I just don't want to hear about your politics. I've never heard any political point of view that I totally believed in. I'm probably wrong even in stating that fact. I think Mikey's getting a little too deep. I'm going to pause. So I love this app. It was the Anchor app. It was bought out by uh, Spotify. And then Spotify changed it to Spotify for podcasters. And what they did was they took out a couple of the options I use. I used to call into the Weird AF News podcast and pretend to be the angry Florida man with uh, comedian uh, Jonesy. Well, the reason I would do it is because I could just go on the Anchor app and leave a one-minute message that came out crystal clear and he could put it into his podcast like a segment. And then he had other people who call in on his, uh, on his phone. Um, it's uh, what the hell is it? It's like it's like a computer phone. You know, it's like a, not a rate. Like you just leave messages on it. It's not an answering machine. I guess it is an answering machine, but I haven't done that part yet because <clears throat> I used to be able to sit there and edit what I didn't want to say or if I said something wrong. Kind of like I was doing a podcast. I felt more involved in it, so I kind of missed that option. And that option did um, or was was here for people to use on my podcast as well. No one ever did it. 
even when Mike and Vin call in, they leave their stuff on a, a, a an audio file, and I have to save it under a bunch of different things and transfer it. But sometimes, I don't know. Oh yeah, I know what I was gonna say. It had really nothing to do with that. <laughs> it was the fact that sometimes you're driving around and you get these, you're thinking in your head, and um, you have these conversations as if you're talking to somebody and you make a really valid point or something that you want to talk about on the podcast and it's as if I shut my brain off I'll well let me say this I I, I instantly grab my notebook and I write down some key phrases to try to remember that and that works 90% of the time sometimes I just misspelled something enough or whatever whatever happens and I can't get the thought back but most of the time I can but if I don't write it down right away it's gone. I literally am out driving right now doing some errands. And I was having a conversation in my head. I'm like, I want to save this for the podcast. So I opened up and I recorded the opening lines from this from something I wrote down before. And just by saying that, it changed my headspace. And I can't recall what it was. And as soon as I shut this thing off and put it away and I don't have time to record. And I'm by myself. Something just as interesting will pop in. It's crazy. Now, there's a girl I heard in an interview. Actually, I think I was listening to uh, Broken Simulation with uh, Sam Tripoli. And he had a, a, a audio tape or whatever, audio recording of a woman in another interview describing that she doesn't have an inner monologue in her head. And I can't even begin to explain what she said she has. To me, it sounds like she has some type of a photographic memory that she reads and pictures stuff. I mean, yeah, I guess everybody does that, but am I nuts that I actually say words and sentences in my brain? I talk to myself a lot out loud. I talk to myself in my head. I have an inner monologue in my brain. Maybe I'm misunderstanding, and maybe that lady's misunderstanding what it is, but it sounds like she just like sees things in a different way. It's bizarre, man. Really bizarre. I wish I could do a better job of describing how she described it. But even after she did, I didn't understand a word she said because I don't have that in my mind. It's almost like you ever wonder with your eyes, like if you see the color green, you see it, you interpret it the way it is. It's green. All right. Everything that is green is green. Different shades. You know, you get the color spectrum, your primary colors, red, yellow, and blue. Everything falls into that with the human eye. And then there's people that are colorblind. And that, even when they describe that, it's not truly black and white. It's not, it's not anything in particular that I can really understand because I don't see it that way. But do you ever wonder to yourself if there's those three colors, if they all just shifted for everybody else? Do you think what you see as the color green, someone else sees as yellow or blue? But they know it is green as well because that's what green looks like to them. Like, imagine if, like, you look at the leaves and the trees and they're green. But imagine if... In some looking through someone else's eyes, if everything green is red, imagine seeing a red lawn and red trees, you know, or a yellow ocean, a big yellow ocean of piss, or like the sky isn't blue, it's red again. I don't know, but to them, that's what red is, so it makes sense because it's always been. Wow, man, wow, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll try harder. You see, friends. These solo podcasts, 
I can get a little lost in my head sometimes. <clears throat> I still want to send them out, so this will be a fairly short one today. Uh, I started talking about the weather, started talking about my everyday. I try to model some of the things that so other solo podcasters do, and I try to mimic it. I don't know. Anyway. Last week's podcast, I spoke about a guy named Otis. Well, he's kind of a little bit of a Webster Square legend in his own way. Bit of a party animal. Haven't seen him in some years. But for a little while, he actually worked for my family, putting in windows with another guy. This dude, Benny Harding, who, believe it or not, was in the movie The Warriors. He's one of the riffs. If you're familiar with the movie The Warriors, in the opening scene, Cyrus gets shot. And the riffs is like the his gang. And a short little black dude jumps up and sidekicks somebody in the chest. Pretty nasty scene. It's even a scene that's in the video game. That's Benny Harding. That's the only scene he's in in the movie. But anyway, Otis is, was his assistant, and he'd come work for him, putting in windows. Back about 15, 16 years ago, <clears throat> before my wife and I got together, uh, I lived upstairs in an apartment from my grandfather on a dirt road of both my grandparents. My grandmother was alive then. And I used to park my car out in front of the, ho- out in front of the house. And Otis knew who my grandfather was because my grandfather owned the company. And he knew that he lived downstairs from there. So that dude used to live down the other end of the dirt road. And he'd come stumbling home drunk in the middle of the night and take little nip bottles, you know, little tiny alcohol bottles. Some people call them airplane, airplane bottles, and put them all over my car. I was like, you motherfucker. You know, as if anybody would think that I would do that, you know, come home drunk and drive and put bottles all over my car. So I threatened Otis. He's like, I'm the one that's been doing it. I laughed at him. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. I said, but you know my grandfather. You know he loves his lawn. You better knock that shit off. And he went, oh, yeah, you're right. Big Mike don't want no litter around his place, does he? I'm like, no shit he doesn't, dude. He goes, I thought it was funny that it was like alcohol. He's like, no, you don't litter in front of my grandfather's house. He's like, never happen again, Mike. I'm sorry. Back in 1999... They had like the 25th anniversary of Woodstock. I was living with Mark and Dan at the time. And um, <clears throat> we had, uh, let's just say, a borrowed cable box. They got all the channels. And that weekend, Woodstock was going to be on 24 hours a day. So we had a pool table in the house. Dan threatened to get a whole bunch of sand and fill the living room with it and have a beach party, but... I think he talked himself out of it. Good that he did. And so we hung out and drank beers and and watched Woodstock all weekend. My buddy Glenn and a bunch of other dudes, uh, Otis included, was going to Woodstock. They asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, no. I don't have the money for it. I don't want to get covered in shit when they tip over the porta potties. You know, the whole reasons why I didn't want to go. Maybe I'm not cool. Probably not cool. That's, you know, whatever. But I'm staying home. I got a nice little thing going here. So I'm sitting there watching it. And in between uh, sets, they had um, Rich Voss, the comedian. He came out and he was introducing bands. He'd do a little bit of uh, hosting and warm up the crowd. And while he's on the stage talking, 
You can't hear the person in the crowd, but he says, What? What'd you say? You're a chick named Otis? And we all looked at each other. It's like, well, well Otis ain't a chick. So we just laughed it off. We're like, oh, isn't that funny, you know? And he goes on to berate her and make fun of her. And then the uh, camera scrolls back and it goes to something else. And the show was on three different channels, so we were flipping back and forth. Didn't think anything of it. Some years go by, talking with my buddy Glenn. And he's like, dude, I think I might have brought up Rich Voss or some comedy and stuff. He's like, oh, dude, we were at Woodstock. And my old girlfriend was there with me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had lost Otis as soon as we got there. As soon as we got to the Woodstock, we got him through the gate and we lost him. Never found him to the end. I think he had a hitchhike home or something. He says, so my girl yells up to the guy on the stage. He's a comedian. I'm like, yeah, Rich Voss. Yeah, I know he hosted it. He goes, yeah, yeah, real like Italian-looking guy. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He starts yelling, I need help finding my friend Otis. And he goes, what? You're a chick named Otis? And then he said that he just roasted the ever-living shit out of her. He said it was funny. He goes, but I felt bad for her. He goes, it was pretty funny. So what are the odds of me knowing people at Woodstock, for one, and then actually not really seeing them, but hearing about them on the television? Who cares, right? Just a funny coincidence. So I had the best of intentions of telling you some interesting stories or some monologue from my day today. And as I said earlier, as fast as the thoughts came into my head, they disappeared as soon as I hit record. It's kind of like having um, a weird form of uh, like stage fright. When I did stand-up, and I vaguely did stand-up, they'd open mics, I'd have great ideas and thoughts and things they'd like to say and of course I drank so I kind of erased them too but I get up on stage and I just not have anything to say so that's how I felt a little bit today I'm a little disappointed in myself because I had some good feelings and thoughts to share with you and they just went out my head as fast as they got in so without dragging on any further it's going to be a short one today uh, remember it's the middle of summer do all the precautionary things so you're here at the end of the summer. I ain't got to tell you. You know what to do. And you've been listening to the Stories from Central Mass podcast. I am still your host and guest and writer and producer and bullshit artist, Mike. Thank you.